0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Soulfully Awakened podcast. It is your host, Nicole, and thank you to everybody who is tuning in, whether you are a frequent listener or you are somebody new. So today, we are continuing the beautiful, sacred platform that I have started called Soul Sessions, where I bring on beautiful souls that I have either met in person or I have connected with through social media platforms, and just giving them a space where we can talk and I can introduce you to all the beautiful sacred things and everything that they are weaving into the collective and just a space for you to listen and absorb and get to know these beautiful souls that I am connecting with. So on my podcast today, I have somebody that I met through Instagram Instantly connected to her messages and we have a lot of parallel around the things that we are doing um, in our own lives and bringing to the clients that we work with and to the collective. Today, I am joined by Laura Brown of Intuitive Alchemy. She is based in Colorado. Laura is an ascension guide. She is a psychic, a cosmic shaman, and a tarot card reader. So I'm super excited for you guys to just listen to this conversation, to get to know Laura, and hopefully this um, brings some expansion to your world. And so welcome to the podcast, Laura.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited that we were able to bring it all together and make it work
0: me too i'm so excited for everybody to um get to know you and like i said like there are so many like parallels around the things that we're doing obviously we bring it in in a different context with the way we bring our medicine in so super excited for everybody to just get to listen and for me too to like actually listen and sit back and absorb the transmissions that you're going to bring through today
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love how, you know, they always say that the right people, and ironically enough, this is the year for me where that all-important stellium Mm
2: -hmm. in,
1: you know, in Capricorn is taking place in my 11th house, which is sort of the house of technology and social media and online connections and, you know, the circles that you are participating in and this has been the like such a glow up in terms of the connections that I have made with people such as yourself who are, you know, there are those parallels, even if the delivery is different, and there's so much in common, and it's a, a really beautiful thing, like, at first I was kind of skeptical, because <laughs> I'm not the most, I'm not the most socially gracious individual, <laughs> and I kind of rub people the wrong way, because I kind of cuss like a sailor, and I, I definitely am not, like, you would, um, like, you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, like, She's a spiritualist or an ascension guy, <laughs> they'd be more like, Oh, she probably works down at the strip club or something, you know? So, so like, I you know, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, Oh, I don't really do well with that, and yet here I am, like, all of these beautiful people that I have made contact yourself being one of them who just you know, we we find the people that we align with and that we need and and uh, when i say align with like you know you wouldn't look at me and be like oh she cusses like a sailor (laughs) you know whatever you know but who is on that same wavelength and who Mm -hmm. you know has that same vision that you know spiritualism in in terms of modern the modern sense doesn't have to be you know rigidly defined but that it's so much more accessible i think
0: so i i love that you say that too that like um you cuss like a sailor because that's like one of the first things like when i work with clients or i work with groups i will always say that because i do i cuss like a sailor i drop the word <laughs> fuck like it is like the first word i ever learned in my vocabulary because for me like it's such a disservice to try to hide that aspect of myself to try to quote unquote appear whatever the fuck people think spiritual looks like, because I'm like, well, what does spiritual like look like? Because a lot of people, when I meet them in person, they're like, Oh, you're not like what I expected. It's like, you're really grounded. Like you're really human. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like I, we're spiritual and human. Like and I always tell people like I am, human as fuck. Like I'm going through what you guys are going through. Spirituality to me is just an unlocking of truth codes within our body of mm-hmm. looking at everything. When we are multi-dimensional, it's, we're able to look at everything from a 360 perspective. And then mm-hmm. we get to choose and discern what feels like truth in our body. And that truth Can and will evolve. So being spiritual doesn't mean to me like looking like a certain way, talking a certain way, like having to change your voice to like sound quote unquote spiritual. It's like spirituality is a completely personal thing. It's unique to you. And it's Mm -hmm. the embodiment expression that you bring through. And so I love that you say that because I think sometimes that is a misconception that like, if you are a spiritual teacher, a mystical teacher, a healer, a shaman, like that cussing goes out the door, like you no longer say these things. And I'm like, no, that's so not true.
1: Yeah. Because in the end we're still human, but it's also like, for me, the professional end of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: you know,
1: because, and that's, and that was a void that I got lost in for a very long time. Cause first of all, I'm, I'm a Pisces sun, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am a Virgo rising and a, uh, and a Virgo moon. So uh, mm-hmm. my moon is in Virgo and my ascendant is in Virgo. So I sometimes get very caught up in the particulars and I got very lost in that void of professionalism and you know, it's not professional to not you know, to speak in a certain tone, you have to present yourself a certain way. And and I think to a certain degree, at least in terms of aesthetic and what have you, like I still kind of adhere to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to personality, I really, I did myself a great disservice by pretending that, you know, the language that I used with clients it misrepresented who I was in terms that it was not the language I used with, when I was with my friends and family.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I realized just how, you know, how much I was misrepresenting myself, but also how much I was missing out on in terms of connecting with my people and the people who I'm ultimately going to be able to serve and to help and to be, you know, a valuable asset to, because I was not, you know, I wasn't connecting to the right kind of people because I was not presenting myself as myself.
0: Yeah. The, I can totally say that. So I have, I'm an Aquarius sun, moon, and Mercury, and I'm a Libra rising with a Stellum. So mm-hmm. I always tell people my Libra rising and Stellum really helps balance out my heavy Aquarian side of my chart because I can be super, just like unique out there with my thinking, kind of like the rebel, like fuck society, Mm -hmm. very alien and cosmic in my thinking, but my Libra really helps me beautify and bring balance and that beautiful, like structure, fluid structure of just like wanting to make everything and everybody feel really, um, included in the way that I speak. And so that's something that I've really like learned about myself, but I was the same way too, where I'd be like, Ooh, like, I can't say that because people perceive me this way and I don't want to rock the boat. And that's where my, sometimes my unbalanced, unhealthy side of my Libra can come in where I'm like, I just want everybody to get along. But then I was like, (laughs) I'm doing myself a disservice too, where I'm hiding aspects of myself. And I've just really owned it and just like loved it. And the more that I own it and the more that I love who I am and my expression and all the different facets that come through, it really gives people permission to like look at it in that way too. And to really embrace, embrace me, but also really embrace themselves where it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Nicole is owning herself. Ah, oh, Laura is owning herself. Like, Ooh, maybe I can do that too.
1: Oh precisely. I mean you, you hit it right on right, right on that. I mean that is so incredibly the point because when you know you are in an authentic place it's kind of like so if you look at it from like a tarot card perspective you know, it, usually people see the emperor as like leading and authority and kind mm-hmm. of what I would consider toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. However, if you if you think about it more holistically, the tower is permission to be yourself. It's permission to take up space. It's permission to shine as bright as you can, to be as authentic as you can. And the reason why is because that's how you lead. That's how you serve because ultimately by your doing that, you're embodying that, you ultimately inspire others, if, if not by just pure resonation alone, then maybe by actual contact and interaction to do the same for themselves because they feel suddenly like it's much safer, like it's mm-hmm. suddenly accessible. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that because it's not just how it benefits us. It's how it benefits, you know, the people that we work with, the people that we come into contact with or who maybe just come across our profile and they're like, wow, look at how completely authentic and, bare bones and raw that that individual is and it can sometimes land us in a little bit of trouble I've had my haters (laughs) 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 that for sure but by and large more support than than the hate Mm -hmm. (laughs) the disgruntlement
0: yeah, no, I can like I can totally like attest to that too because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I put out, I'm sure people like roll their eyes or like like what the fuck is she talking about, but oh, I my. have I have learned for me this has been a super big healing about just allowing my soul expression of truth to come out because I have for years and years and years stifled my truth and I had um an ayahuasca experience where she really showed me how I was basically constricting my throat chakra, how I was only letting Mm. droplets out, like sharing this, like, okay, like you feel like this is safe for this person or the collective, you let it out. But if you feel like it's going to ruffle feathers, you hold it in, even though if it's coming through as a channel of truth, you don't let it out. And I was like, okay, she's like, but I'm going to show you on a physical level, what that feels like in your body. And during the ayahuasca mm. experience, she showed me, and like my throat was so tight, it hurt so bad. And she was like, This is what it feels like on a daily basis, when you do this to yourselves, you don't consciously feel it because you've been operating from this way. What if you let that expression out? And so right then and there, I was like, okay, I surrender whatever truths flow through me. It's going to be dripping in love and I can't control how it's perceived by another person. And I'm no longer here to dictate who is ready for that expression. Who am I to censor it? Because I say, you're not ready for it because maybe they are. And through the deliverance of, the way that I'm being, my embodiment, my energy, my words. It triggers something within themselves that makes them safe to step up, to shine, to be seen, and to step out from the shadows where they've maybe been hiding themselves And so I find that my work is shifting a lot in that where I'm like, I don't want you to look at me and be like, oh my gosh, Nicole, what she says is such truth. I want you to look at it and be like, wow, I feel really fucking empowered to be myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of my work is turning is like empowerment, sovereignty, diving into the depths of your truth caves. What does that look like and feel like in your body? Because it It isn't wrong. It isn't right. It simply is a lot of what I call isness. It just is. And can you feel safe enough to share that? And that's what I've been learning a lot about myself. So I feel like a lot of my work is shifting around that. Like, I don't want to tell you, do this, do that. I want to play in this paradigm with you, this energy within you and say, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I see. Here's what I feel. Now, what do you see? What do you feel? And really nurturing and help support that because I feel like that's what this new energy, this 5D energy, this collective reshifting is really calling us into. And like, I want to know, like, what is your take on and thoughts of what is going on on a global shift, a collective shift right now with the energy?
1: Well, Obviously, <laughs> a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, I'm like, where do I begin with this? It's so.
0: It's so <laughs> it's such a big question. I know.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. So I, for hor- for horoscope.com, I was I was um, asked to write an article basically on the astrology of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. And and, and and that's what I kind of feel like is is the, the sort of crux of this new energy.
2: Mm-hmm. Today
1: also happens to be the four 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 template. We just went through the four four template, but mm-hmm. you know, today four 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 is a is the other portal basically yes. that is opening up some very massive high frequency shifts. So if anybody is feeling you know, and and I don't know how fast these kind of get out, but on 444, which would be, you know, 413 2002, you can add up those numbers. It comes out to 444. There's some super high frequency energies that are bringing a lot of ascension symptoms and a lot of ascension um, quickening, as I call it. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to kind of be that ascension was a free will choice because this was made into a free will planet. -hmm. I.e., the other galactics, the other star families, et cetera, would not interfere unless they were asked to, much like our guides, you know, we've all gotten very comfortable with the notion that we've been guided by, we, you know, we just call them our spirit guides. Lo and behold, yes, some of them are spiritual. Many of them are galactic star guides from our Mm -hmm. star lineages, Um, but they would not interfere without our, you know, without our requesting them to come forward and do so. Now, however, with this COVID-19 and with this, you know, hearing over and over again about these different portals that are open up these different you know solar flares all of these different things that are bringing really high um, frequency energies down into the earth realms is because of the fact that no longer is ascension a, a sort of free will choice now it is beginning to happen whether you want it to or not which is why, number one, you are seeing some people who are suddenly kind of waking up. Mm-hmm. They're suddenly starting to remember. They're, star- they're suddenly starting to kind of, you know, when they hear the word multidimensional, when they hear the word ascension, they're not like, what? You know, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, who's that fucking weirdo? Yeah. <laughs> but there but there's something about it that's suddenly resonating. And it's because these energies have activated and they're and they've activated, but also there has been collectively such an influx of those who have activated that by pure resonance alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my walking by somebody in the grocery store because of the light that I have anchored into my body and the ascension work I've done through the power of what we know of resonation and resonance, I have activated that individual in, in it's his or her own way as is for their highest good. And I don't even have to say word one to them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but also it's been happening on a collective level. And it's very much tied to COVID because we kind of reached a tipping point. You know, it's always been that earth was meant to be this repository of information, this place where we could play we could delight that we could you know celebrate all of the beauty and the majestic you know qualities of this planet and then it began to shift you know you had the lemurians who were very beautifully tied to this area then you had sort of the lemurian holocaust as they call Mm -hmm. it and you know, and we start, and we started to see these reptilian energies begin to infuse at the very highest echelons of governments and societies who took over and started ruling over nature and we've re- we've reached now this tipping point where nature is concerned where something had to be done. and when I looked at the astrology of Covid, which initially first kind of Became an issue and came out between December first and the tenth of t- of twenty nineteen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it happened when um Saturn and Venus, along with Ceres, were in Capricorn. Now S- Saturn is kind of like the stern task maker, you know, the, the aware, you know, brings awareness around your limitations. Venus in her shadow form, which is how I perceive the energy, she's kind of like the vindictive bratty little bitch. Like whatever <laughs> she wants, she's going to get. Right. And, 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 you know, in Capricorn, that just fuels her her power. Like nothing's going to stop her. But to have those two energies alongside Ceres, which is, a, which is an energy that basically is the protector of Earth, That was like the the moment I saw that, I was like, that confirmed what I assumed, which Mm -hmm. that COVID-19 is more about taking humans out of the equation so earth can do what it needs to do, which is renew and replenish
2: Mm -hmm. and to
1: begin to heal. And so that those old structures, and we're seeing it, we're seeing those old structures that are too weak to stand and that do not belong in new earth begin to fall, whether it's economically, whether it is seeing the true colors and the masks come off of certain regimes, Mm -hmm. whether it's seeing the difference between real power and projected power, we are seeing those weakened systems begin to crumble and to dismantle so that we who have chosen to stay are now in a position to take what we have learned to take what we've learned from both what others have done, but also our own mistakes and to build something stronger in its stead. But there's not going to be, and this is where I kind of get in trouble quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I had quite a people that were upset when you know I posted my weekly reading to the Healers Wanted community
2: mm-hmm. because
1: I explained that the reason why we've been seeing an influx of people leaving this plane, whether it is from COVID, whether it is from suicide or tra- you know, tragedies of various accounts is because on a divine level, not all of us are put, are, are, want to participate in the restructuring of mm-hmm. new earth. And, they are, and then there are some who do. And those who choose and say, you know what, I'm going to reconvene with another part of my soul essence that is on this other dimension. I think I could be better served there. They're choosing to leave on that, on that divine level to do so. And it's not on a conscious level. I'm not insinuating that any of these individuals, as they were on planet Earth, made the decision to consciously die. But on a divine level... They are saying, basically, I don't want to participate in what is happening next, because mm-hmm. it's not going to necessarily be smooth sailing, in my right. opinion. Right. You know, so all of this COVID stuff basically was an intervention, in my opinion. It was a protection of the earth, so the earth could do what it does naturally, which is replenish, renew, and and heal itself. But also so that humans would have the opportunity to do what we are meant to do, which is to number one, awaken, Mm
2: -hmm. but to
1: also slow down. We were never meant to grind. We were never meant to work ourselves to death. We were never meant to chase or muscle after the things that we want or to do by and large what what human society has done, which has kept us in this, this constant state of busyness. and and true disconnection from even the people that we live with, our families. And so it it was a two-fold protective service, in my opinion, that is meant to help us realign with what is truly important, while also giving the earth the opportunity to do what it needs to do, which is to replenish. And out of that is going to come a pretty large awakening. Mm -hmm. And probably quite a bit of discord (laughs) Um, because surely, you know, those in reptilian energies are not going to be interested in letting go of the massive amount of power and money and, and, you know, structure that they've had at their disposal.
0: Right. I love everything you just said. And as you were speaking, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Because so about three years ago, three, four years ago, I was in a meditation and I was contacted in the meditation. At the time, I didn't know what this collective group was. They kept calling themselves the blue ones. And I was like, oh, okay. And later I found out, yes, yes. Later (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Connecting to the Pleiadians. And they showed me four years ago that there was going to be this massive wave that hit the planet. And they told me that there was going to be a quote unquote, like forced ascension of awakening and Mm -hmm. not all were going to choose to ascend because they could not and they chose not to assimilate and hold those higher frequency codes. They specifically showed me they they kept saying they will get left behind and I was like okay i, I didn 't know what it meant. I kind of held on to that for four years, and the only person I shared it with was my mom because my mom is very spiritually awakened. she is the epitome of a truth seeker, and so I was like okay mm-hmm. i 'm going to share this with my mom, and we talked about it when this COVID-19 happened. And I said, do you remember when I told you that? And she's like, yes. I was like, it is happening. I was like, Mm -hmm. and I kept telling people and trusted people because I was like, people are going to think I'm fucking crazy. But I kept saying (laughs) this is not a quote unquote, like when you really look at it from a big, big picture, this is not a physical thing. This is an energetic thing. And the people that have been choosing or, have decided, like you said, this divine plan that I'm not here to move on with the anchoring of this 5D energy and above. I've done my part, I'm choosing to move on to a different quantum timeline or to rejoin this. Other aspect of my multi dimensional soul here, I kept saying that and I, and some people would be like, "What are you talking about and i ha- and i 'm so glad you said that because the whole entire time I just kept feeling like this is an energetic thing. People are choosing to re-emerge move into a different frequency because they've done their part they're not here to anchor in the frequencies or maybe they are choosing not to like there's too much density in the body they can't assimilate the higher frequencies and so with you saying that I was like yes I'm going to tell her this because I wrote this in my journal about four years ago and I had in quotations you know that they, they will be left behind. And I never knew what that meant. And when this all started happening, I was like, this is what they mean. Like, this is what the, they won't be moving forward. They will be left behind. And yeah. um, that was really, um, honestly kind of freaked me out. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is what you meant by left behind. Like no wonder you didn't really unfold to me what would be happening because having that information, and wrote down in my journal would probably have freaked me the fuck out if they would have said people are literally <laughs> going to be leaving their physical incarnation. And, um, right. just with, with everything you're saying, like, I just feel like this, you are you're hundred percent completely right about how we're all, we had to be forced into this sacred stillness, this sacred pause in order for us to truly sit down and fucking unpack what really Mm. matters in our life and to look at it and consciously choose what is deemed essential for each of us. What Mm. are we consciously choosing? Because I have never been into this fucking rat race of doing, 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 and having to grab this, collect this. And my husband and I had the conversation last night. We're like, we, we don't, want life to go back to whatever one keeps calling normal. That is not fucking normal. That was not how we were supposed to live. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a very anxious person by any means, but this sacred stillness has 100% recalibrated My energetic, my physical, my nervous system, everything into this Mm -hmm. frequency that feels so good. And my husband, he's not as, and I hate to say he's not as conscious as I am. He is in his own way. But by no means do I expect him to be like I am, but he has said, mirrored the same things back and forth to me. And I, and you know what I love about you is because you're not afraid to rock the fucking boat talking about these darker energies, these reptilian energies, this shit that people want to bury their head in the sand about that is really fucking real. And I've been talking to people about this. I'm like this battle between light and dark. I'm not talking about in a fucking religious context. These are energies (laughs) that are, and have been going on, on this planet for hundreds of years that we have this veil that has been like pulled over in front of our eyes. And guess what? Because of this COVID-19, like you said, Ascension is no longer a choice. It it's happening whether you want to or not. You can open up and surrender to it, or you can drag your fucking feet in the sand, create a lot of resistance. And then you're going to have your own set of quote unquote issues and problems with doing that because we need everybody awakening into their own truth, into their own sovereignty, into not just like, um, like awakening, you are reawakening to your homecoming and you're realigning and reclaiming, your own truth. You're awakening what I call those crystalline codes of truth within your body. They are coming Mm -hmm. online. And this is why so many people are being like, oh my gosh, have you seen this agenda for forced vaccines? Oh my gosh, have you heard this? It's like, you guys, like, yeah, this has been going on for a long time. And people are just waking up, which when I start talking about, like, I'm getting like all shaky with energy inside, because for me, my body is like, yes, this is truth. Like it, it makes me excited that people are finally waking up and this is why there are people like yourself who yeah you may ruffle feathers but this is what we are supposed to do like the more that we hold back our truth we're not only doing a disservice to our own channel like letting it flow through but we are doing a disservice to people out there who are free thinkers and truth seekers that's something that I wrote about today on my um Instagram was about Two of the most dangerous things a society can fear are free thinkers and truth seekers because society will tell you till they're blue in the face, oh my gosh, Nicole, Laura, you can be anything you want to be except a free thinker and a truth seeker. They don't want that because that's dangerous.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, because that threatens their power. You know, it threatens everything that they, you know, that that has basically been created you know people act as though the plunger you know the plundering and the exploitation of earth's resources some sort of you know, relatively modern concept, but it's been happening for a millennia, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: it happened, you know, (laughs) when the Anunnaki and Orion came into the Lemurian, you know, communities and depending on what story you believe, whether it was an underground underground coup d'etat because they had to go underground because of the dinosaurs or whether it was because they manipulated them into basically you know the lemurians you know in our terms we would probably consider naive were so welcoming and inviting that they allowed them in and slowly but surely you know the anunnaki and the orions you know plundered the gold and the crystals that were, uh, you know, of the earth and, and use them for their own design.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we've been doing that for, you know, for a millennia, you know, I mean, since earth has been, you know, inhabited by one way or another. Um, and I think it's important for us to understand that it, it is a conscious truth. Those that don't want, you know, I, when we say left behind, I, I would add that It's not just that maybe they were too physical and couldn't access, which could be. Because that was one of the things that happened with Lemurians is that the more and more that they stayed and they became one with the earth and they were in touch with those earth realm energies, the less they were of their light body and the less connection they had to their IM and therefore they became more carbon 3D. Um, So that is definitely a possibility, but also I think that there are many who they either you know were taken from the perspective that they were not going to be capable of like they knew on a divine level i'm not going to be capable of leading the charge to the new earth
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: whether it was because of their age whether it was because of certain disabilities you know, and then others who just simply felt that they would be better served by, you know, ascending to a different dimension. Because multidimensional implies that that there is a piece of us, that part of our 10 body system that exists on each of the 12, 13, 14, and even up to 15 dimensions.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: on each of those levels, we have a piece of us, a light of us, a fragment of us that is part of what we anchor into ourselves when we call in more of our light, when we call in more of our divine self and we have the choice uh, on the divine level to either stay here and do this work or to choose to, you know, to meet back up with another, you know, filament or another aspect of ourself that is always, you know, our choice as a free will planet and being who we are. Um, but, but it is, I mean, it is, it it had to be enforced because we were at a space where it wasn't that there were people, excuse me, we must be clearing energy, even as we talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not that there were people who weren't out there doing the good work. There Mm -hmm. definitely was, there were definitely many, many people who were fighting the good fight, who were out there, you know, pounding the, the ground, you know, doing what they needed to do, et cetera. But, but basically what I believe is that what was seen by those who have been watching, whether it's the Octurians, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's the Pleiadians, whether it's the Lyrans, I believe that they've been keeping close eye and have realized that despite the effort of those individuals, the majority were very complacent.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: were very much comfortable in the setup as it was designed, which was designed purely to distract, to mm-hmm. keep us asleep. And yep. you know, we we grew very comfortable in that. And so they had no choice but to do something very radical that would alter the situation and potentially give the opportunity for ascension and for waking up. And I always say it's not us that's ascending, you know, like you, it's a remembrance. It's a re-remembering of who we Mm -hmm. are. It's the earth that is ascending. And the earth's job is to take care of its spiritual inhabitants, us. Mm -hmm. So when the earth ascends, so do we. So, it's actually the earth that is ascending, not necessarily us. We're just re remembering Mm -hmm. who it is that we are and what it is that we came here to do. And when I'm very interested to see what happens on the other side of this, you know, how many Mm -hmm. people choose to go back to sleep as is, you know, the government's already trying. It's when I've been on a huge even news, you know, kind of cleanse, not really engaging in that realm very much at all. Um, And who of those will, you know, try to stay awake and and choose to stay awake? Because that's, you know, that's where I I think the discord is going to really kind of become part of the situation where, Change doesn't necessarily happen without there being some discomfort without there being loss without there being some sort of Challenge or struggle to make it happen, you know And so I, I'm very interested to see once this has sort of passed and it will I don't mm-hmm. think it will until close to the end of summer middle of summer, but um I think that uh, it's going to be a very interesting thing to see who decides to stay awake and who decides to to kind of go back to sleep and slumber.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, which
1: is which was part of you know, and that and that was kind of part of what really upset me too about the you know part in my 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 uh, my brothers and sisters in the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that really kind of pissed me off about the reaction that that we had to COVID suddenly coming to our doorstep. You know, it was it was interesting to to hear on the news and it was like, oh, you know, whatever, like we get very gluttonous with like a car accident, you can't turn away about what was happening in Italy and Germany and, you know, China and all of this and all of the people that had died and it was like, oh isn't that sad and then we just went back to whatever we were doing. Just like we had when, you know, Syrians were being bombed and families living in caves and the threat of being killed and crossfire, just going out to get bread so their family and something to eat was was a very real threat, a very real possibility. We we would lament that. We would be like, oh, that's so sad, that's so awful. And then we'd go back to doing whatever it was that we were doing. The moment that it came to our doorstep, the moment that it came to our, you know, it, it changed our lives. Suddenly, everybody was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what, what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What, what's happening here?" And so, I think that the that that you know, the westernized, I will say, ego is getting a nice dose of humility, because we've always sort of seen ourselves as being um, sort of, you know, uh, protected from that, you know, and we're, we're getting a very good lo- you know, lesson in boundaries,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that these boundaries we have around countries and spaces and territories, they're just bullshit. They're just, they're imaginary lines devised by egotistical men. Mm-hmm. Th- that's all they are. And they stop nothing. They mean nothing. And now that suddenly this is on our doorstep, it's on Western modern civilization's doorstep, suddenly it's something, you know, we got to do something about this. We got to, you know, we got to, you know, we got to rally together, but yet nobody was doing that or feeling that when it was happening for many, many years, it just wasn't happening on our doorstep.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like when you look at it, we're all here in this together. We're all, you know, in the collective, we're all humans. And we've become very desensitized to the oneness, the golden thread that weaves between all of us, because you feel like I'm living here. This is my reality. This will never happen to me. This is going on over here. This is really sad. I send sympathy. And then yes, head back down doing our thing where now the whole entire world has been forced to go inward. And to sit with themselves and, you know, I see so many shadows like coming up for people, which is a beautiful thing because these are things that needed to be addressed. But we, when we get so busy in the doing this, we don't make Mm -hmm. space to like actually listen and right. when you talk about that uncomfortableness coming up, a lot of people are having that uncomfortableness coming up and they're fighting against it. They're resisting it instead of really embracing it and saying, what is this uncomfortableness showing me? What is this, what is this, you know, bringing to, yeah. What does this teach me? What is this bringing to the table? Like, how can I have a conversation with it? And so whenever those shadows are arising, whether that be, you are like living in complete fear right now, thinking like COVID-19 is going to get you and you have to hole up in your house for the rest of your life. And you have to muzzle it up by wearing a mask. Every time you go out into the air, then that is your choice that you are continually to choose into. You're plugging into it every single time. And Mm -hmm. I'm really big on people just being like wicking them the fuck up and saying, why are you choosing it? Tell me why, like you have to do that. Like you, And I just keep telling people, maybe this is my very heavy Aquarian energy where I'm always like, but why? (laughs) Like always asking why and like, okay, cool. You're telling me to do this, but why? I'm going to go do my own research. I'm going to make up my own choices based on that, but I'm not going to go along with it just because you're telling me you have to do it this way. You have to, you have to be scared. You have to do this. You have to do that. Like if you can't answer the why behind it, then you're just blindly following the sheep as they go down the path, the same way that you always have, but now you're just following following a new thread. Oh, come over here, follow this now. Don't do this, do that. And so that's like one thing that I am just constantly wanting to talk about in a really beautiful, nurturing, inviting, warm way to say, it's okay to question the narrative. It's okay to question the stories. Like this is where you begin to wake up is when you start to question why oh, this has been going on over here. Like, oh, like what's going on over here. You've got what I call those, like those truth fibers, those truth threads that are weaving in and out. Like if you're letting them hook into you, is it a resonant truth for you? Is it carrying validity? If it's not, then why the fuck are you plugged into it? Why are you letting it anchor into you? Because you, you have the sovereignty to step back into yourself and say, you know what, this doesn't feel good to me anymore. Like, why the fuck am I doing it? And this has always been the way that I have. Like I, I probably get a lot of eye rolls and like a lot of confusion about the way that like I live and lead my life because it is unconventional with the way that I think sometimes the way that I'm wanting to speak. Um, and just the way that I look at things is, but I cannot go back. This is part of my innate coding. The, what I came here, The the way that I chose to dance and move through life. And mm-hmm. once you start to kind of break out from the mold of what's considered normal, like the good girl, whatever that is, or the good boy, whoever's <laughs> listening, um, you can't go back. You can no longer stuff yourself into that pretty little mold that people want to fit you into. And you can't turn a blind eye to the truths that are before you. It's like you begin to wipe your lenses clean and you see with so much more clarity and the perception that comes through and filters in through your lens becomes so crystal clear and so widened. And sometimes it's going to make you really fucking uncomfortable. It will make you uncomfortable, but we don't grow from feeling comfortable all the time. Yeah.
1: I was just about to say, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily meant to be comfortable
2: 100% of the time.
1: Right. You know, I I think that when we're uncomfortable is when we learn the most about ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, you know, and I do, I think that it's, I, I think that the more of those who are willing to examine, you know, sort of what they're feeling and why, and kind of, you know, what maybe they would, do differently or integrate it some way into the light, bring it into awareness, then all the better. You know, not everybody is going to necessarily get on board with the galactic side of it. You know, not everybody is going to necessarily, you know, want to suddenly learn about, you know, Lemurians and all of that. Those Mm -hmm. that do, there's places to go. That's why I created the Ascension Collective, because Mm -hmm. I felt like there needed to be a space where people can come together and they can learn and they can grow and they can they can kind of awaken these things within them in a community environment alongside other people who are experiencing the same thing because if you don't have that sense of support it can be a really scary yeah <laughs> thing. you know it can be a really nerve-wracking you know experience which i you know, no first, I know of firsthand, Mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, regardless of whether people take it from the lens of ascension or multidimensionalness or, you know, the galactic side of it, I think at the very least, we will have more people who question and really are intentional about their priorities. And about the way that they want to lead their lives, because you know there 's going to be some people who are going to realize you know working from home just isn 't for me, mm-hmm. but they may also decide that you know maybe I want to work less hours or maybe i don 't you know I work home for, work from home two days a week or one day a week you know there 's just going to be a lot of reprioritization so that mm-hmm. people are feeling more in control of their experience, and are receiving more of what they genuinely want, which is going to fulfill them much more. And they're naturally going to be healthier, happier people who participate in this world from a much healthier, happier, you know, perspective and place.
2: And that
1: alone is going to be beneficial to the building and the restructuring of, you know, what earth is like, what, what our societies are like after all of this is over.
0: Right. I love that. And that, that just goes back to being a conscious co-creator with the energy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're all doing right now. And that's one thing I keep inviting people into is just to not look at this time that you are being quote, you know, kind of like forced to shelter in your house, but like, look at it as a time, like what, is this opening me up to? And I'm like, think about all this, all the shit that you were doing day to day that you do not miss, that you do not miss. Are you going to go back to doing it? Because if you don't miss it, you were doing it unconsciously, or is this going to reshift the way that you think about the things that you were doing, that you were like dragging your feet, complaining about all the time? Like just, it's a big time reset, pivoting, reshifting of our own internal energy. And when we do that, that just continues to spill outward into the collective mm-hmm. energy. And like you said, like I've seen so many people, myself included, because I, I've been working with and channeling star seed galactic energies for, I don't know, probably like three or four years. And just now, am I becoming really comfortable with publicly talking about like these channelings I've been getting? And what's really yeah. funny is growing up, I was scared to death of like anything to do with aliens. Like my mom was always super into it, like talking about extraterrestrials and things like that. Very, very open. So it was always around me growing up. I always knew about it. And anytime that word would get brought up, I remember I'd plug my ears. I didn't want to hear it. Something freaked me out. And then about a year ago I was like, I really need to explore this, this thread of fear. Like, why have I been so fearful? Because what was fucking crazy to me was like, all of a sudden now they're communicating with me. And I think that's really honestly why they came in and said, we're the blue ones, we're the blue collective. Cause that felt really like, Oh, okay, cool. I see you. You're the blue ones. Okay. I'm not scared of this. If they would have came in and said, Hey, we're an extraterrestrial race. I might've been like, what the fuck? And, yeah. <laughs> and so like, just, I did this like a little bit of a journey regression with myself and I had this very vivid memory of like being five years old and feeling really connected to them. And I had this soul remembrance that I was part of a star seed race that got invaded, overtaken by war, and I lost all of my family. I was the only one that survived and I had to go to a completely different planet and I had to stay there, but I didn't have any Quote unquote family ties any longer. And so I kind of like shut that aspect of myself down. And I was like, okay, like I was, this is really interesting. Okay. And so I kind of worked with that. I healed that. And then I kind of opened up to the galactic guidance. And the one that I channel the most is for me personally are the Palladians. And when I work Mm -hmm. with other people, whatever starseed family that they have a lot of energetic resonance to, I will like channel that, be it like the Octurians, the Syrians, the Lyrians, and um, but for me personally, the um The Palladian Collective is the one that always really comes through. It's very, very easy. It's very comfortable for me. And so like when you work with or you channel the galactic beings or the star seeds, do you have a particular one that you really align to that kind of um, flow through you or do you dip in and out of all different ones? What's your process?
1: I would say, I, I, would, I, I would actually say it's kind of a combination of both. Um, the first that I was introduced to and that I built a relationship was with the Pleiadians. So I naturally have a great fondness. And I actually was trained um, by Nicola Berman um, through the Peruvian, Peruvian Andean tradition of the Seven Sisters and the Pleiadians. And so I have a very strong relationship with each of them. And I have a very strong lineage with them, but I also have an extremely large Assyrian and Lyrian energy Mm -hmm. or cosmic lineage. So I communicate with them most frequently. Um, And I've just recently been told to, um, I I recently reinitiated into the Akashic records because I felt, um, that uh, the way I was initially taught, which was like the pathway prayer oh. um, way, just no longer resonated with me. So I tried a different way. And during that time, the Octurians came in. Um, and so uh, the Octurians I work with um, for mostly Akashic work or when I kind of need a no-nonsense answer because they're much, they're less fluffy. Yeah. they're less, they're they're, 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 they're very matter of fact. Yeah. They're very matter of fact. They don't really care if they offend you. It's not that they, it's not that they seek to offend you. They're just like, this is, it's not Like you said, it is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I, I do, I think for the most part, when it comes to who I connect with for myself, if it's just in general, it will be with the Pleiadians. But if, I, if I'm if i feeling like my other teams come in, which is why I really like like the morphogenetic work that I do, the field work that I do with myself and with clients is because I will call, like I'll, I'll connect to the tribal interface and I'll call in all of my teams. Mm-hmm. And so it gives me an opportunity to build a relationship with all of them and to work with them individually for certain things that I'm, I'm unplugging or taking and templates I'm taking out or upgrading of grids or timelines that are coming in mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, because certain ones will be both sort of be answered or directed or facilitated by a different starting. Yeah, and that I love gives that. me, yeah, it gives me the ability to kind of get very, very familiar with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, sort of like if I'm going through, you know, X situation, because I have such a relationship with them, having cleared or done something in that morphogenic field work, then I know, okay, maybe they will be best to serve, you know, me in this moment, and vice versa. But I, I think that when I channel, just to channel, like for my weekly readings or for you know, just, you know, having a question that I need some help with, or just wanting to connect to see if there's any wisdom that comes in. It's usually the Pleiadians that I'll call for.
0: I love that. And what what I also love that you said too. So I do, um, I read Akashic records as well. And mm-hmm. when I was learning about the Akashic records, like, you know, like pretty much everything that I've done with the exception of being a Reiki master and being a shamanic practitioner, I've, pretty much all self-taught myself. And when I started to learn about the Akashic records, I could never fully connect to the teachings, the pathway prayer. Like I would do it and I was just kind of like, eh, okay. And then I just started to be like, okay, I will, I always say this to myself. I'm like, okay, this person created this based on what felt good in their body. And it probably feels good to other people too. But if it doesn't feel good to me, who's to say that I can't form my own relationship with us? So I started to form my own relationship to the Akashic Records. And for me, I'm a very somatic, visceral, in my body kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so I started to understand what it felt like whenever I would basically just set the intention through my own words, my own prayer, whatever I wanted to do. I would feel it in my body. And the way that it started to connect to my body, I knew I was in the records.
2: Mm. And
0: I'm much more of a vocal channel where I've been, I've been like leaning into channel writing now, but I'm much more of a vocal channel. And, Mm -hmm. and so like, for me, I was like, okay, fine. You want me to learn channel writing? I will. And so like, they were like really Mm -hmm. pressing me to start doing that. And like I love that you said that because I think that a lot of times people get hung up on the process of this is how it has to be done it can't be done any other way and for me I always mm-hmm. call bullshit on that because yeah because not everybody's fucking cookie cutter the way that this person teaches it is beautiful, but this is from their own lens of experience and perception. And Mm -hmm. out of a room full of a hundred people, it may connect to 99 of them. And you might be the one person that is like, this doesn't really connect to me. And that does not mean that you are never going to be able to connect, but this means that. This is a great way for you to explore what feels good in your body, to be able to take what feels like truth from this teaching, this teaching, and create it into what feels really good for you. And so this is one thing that I, when I work with people, I'm always about teaching them is about what feels like truth in your body what feels like truth in your body. Like that to me Mm -hmm. is so important because I do the same thing whenever I um, talk about Reiki or I am attuning people for Reiki. I talk about Reiki because the way that I was taught was very traditional, but I have never practiced bare bones, traditional Reiki. I For a long time, I felt really weird and guilty, like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing it right. And then I was like, no, like, this is the way that I do it. Like, I love the concept that I learned, but I also weaved in and gave myself permission to have access to the information and knowing this, that I came into this lifetime with. And I weave that into the way that I do practice. And so with anything, teaching somebody about meditation or how to interpret this, I think it's really important to give people space to play and to explore Mm. and to experience what feels like truth to you. Because when we put a glass ceiling on anybody, we're basically saying, this is how to do it. And any expression that wants to come through you, you're not allowed to do it because this is the way to do it. And I feel that is such a cutoff of energy and people. And I can't stand that. Like for me, I'm like, no, like what does truth feel like for you?
1: Yeah. It's like telling, it's like telling an orange it's bad because the rest yeah. is in a pile of amples. You know that, I mean? Yes. It's just so stupid. Yes. You know, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, and, and that's why I chose to, you know, to take a different route. Um, one that, uh, you know, resonates with me quite strongly. Um, and, and ironically, one that I realized that I had actually been initiated and called to you know probably about 3 or 4 years ago and didn't quite realize it um and, and i have always like since i was young i've uh, like i had a fascination and a fear of aliens <laughs> and yes. all of that like like i would watch you know um you know the x files i would watch like you know tales from the dark or I'd watch unsolved mysteries like I loved all of those things but then I would go to bed scared to shit see you're you're
0: more brave than I was because my mom would watch it when I would hear that unsolved mysteries theme song I'd be like no like I just run away yeah I would I just could not handle it but if I caught a glimpse of it I was like you I would close my eyes and I would lay in bed and I would just have this um feeling that there was like something else in the room with me and I would just be like oh my gosh like nope 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 I'm not ready for this <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah but you know what I think is funny is because around that same time I used to like I've always had this fascination with learning a different language like I've mm-hmm. always wanted to learn a different language but I've always just been kind of too lazy <laughs> to <technically> do it <laughs> So I used to, even as a kid, pretend like, you know, like all kids do. They kind of talk gibberish and it's Uh their own language. And, you know, when I had my light language um, uh, activation through the resonant witch, um, it w- the first one that I had was spontaneous because I just attended one of her workshops and I explained what happened. And she was like, oh, it, sounded, it sounds like your light language was activated.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I actually went to her again and, 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 you know, had the process done intentionally. And I realized I was saying almost exactly the same things I was saying back when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like this, like all this time, like that, I, you know, I would be a kid and pretend like I was speaking this different language. I, here I was, you know, potentially, you know, speaking this, this light language. And I was like, this is, it's just so fascinating to me (laughs) that it was, you know, it was quite literally, you know it kind of comes full circle, you know, the fascination with aliens and UFOs and, you -hmm. know, because I was always mystified and it made no sense to me. And I remember having these really in-depth conversations where my dad, you know, would basically pour this little like droplet of water in this Tupperware container. And he would say, you know, we're the droplet of water. You know, and we think that we're in this container, but in truth, we don't really know if it, if we are, if it just goes on and on and on and on. And so, I've always been fascinated with like the idea of just you know other life, and you know, it never resonated that, you know, that that we as such complex beings would be the only be- beings that exist, and. So it all kind of came, you know, full circle, these things that I was so fascinated and obsessed with as a kid that now, you know, comprise what I do for a living. Mm-hmm.
0: And I I love everything you just said because like as you're talking, there's so much overlap in our like growing up and the way that we were and thinking, because my mom would do the same exact thing. She would always tell us very openly that we are not the only people in these multi different galaxies that are out there. There has to be other life right. forces. so I always grew up knowing that. And when I was younger, me and my sister would make up like languages as well and speak. And I started speaking light language about, I've been doing it for like three or four years openly for about a year and a half. And, um, when it started to like activate, I was like, Oh my gosh, no. Like I, I went back to that whole, like, this is just like gibberish. Like you would do with your sister when you guys would have these secret little languages. And I had one of my friends and he is a beautiful channeler, medium intuitive and does light language. And so I knew that he did it. And so I said, Hey, I think I'm doing light language. Can I do it for you? Because I'm like, I just, I don't know. He's like, yeah. And so like I, we sat across from each other holding hands and I just spoke it and I lost myself in it. And he was like, yeah, you're doing light language. And I was like, okay. I was like, I just didn't know if I was like making this up. And my light language came online from sitting with him. Him and I have been really good friends for about seven years and we would always share like. Stories, um, different things that were we were like learning, and different really cool lucid dreams. And he would always speak light language, and just being in the resonance field of somebody yeah. that does light language. It activates those dormant codes within you, be it if you're going to be a light language channeler, maybe you're going to do it with your hands, with sound, with toning, with singing, mm-hmm. with dancing, with drawing, like, light, like yeah. light codes and things like that. And so people always ask me like, well, how, how did you do it? Like, how, how did you learn? And I'm like, I just was with somebody that would do it and it activated it within me. And it really took me trusting that this was really happening and owning it and now like I do it for people like when I'm doing healing sessions or I record like little light language journeys and and things like that yeah. and so like I channel like a lot from like starseed galactics or I really I channel a lot too from um I was initiated into the sacred grandmother shamanic circle. And so mm-hmm. I do a lot of like really deep shamanic wisdom, earth medicine, and mm. that kind of flows through. And it was really about me being comfortable because honestly, like when you start doing light language, it can be really fucking scary because it, it sounds mm-hmm. obviously the linear mind, Is going to be like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not meant to be Mm -hmm. understood by your mind. You're not going to be able to figure out what I'm saying. What are you feeling in the body? What truth is it bringing up for you? And so when you're saying those things, I'm like, yeah, that's like so parallel to like how I grew up, like knowing that there was vastness outside of us and then talking gibberish, quote unquote gibberish with my sister. We would do that. all the time growing up. And we laugh about it when we think about it now, because we would do it, especially too, when my little brother would come into the room. And so he, <laughs> he would get really irritated because he couldn't understand us and we would just be talking back like and that. forth. Yeah. yeah, he did. And so it's so funny that you say that. Cause I'm like, yeah, like there's so much, um, crossing and parallel within our own lives about like being really comfortable with galactic star seeds, extraterrestrials and coming mm-hmm. into, this innate intuitive knowingness of remembrance of actually speaking light language. Is that how you do it? Do you speak light language, like channel it? I speak it and I use
2: my hands.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah.
1: I love so that. I do both. yeah I don't really do the drawing of it I haven't well I should I shouldn't say don't do it I just haven't tried it yet. yeah I haven't really given it much you know mm-hmm. I figure you know the two that I do fluently you know are enough I don't really need a third yeah <laughs> um, so I just haven't sat down with it but I want to share like another really funny kind of parallel that we share is that every single significant relationship in my life, both with my son's father, my husband, my son himself, and my best friend have all been Aquarians. <laughs> really? <laughs> you just, you really
0: drawn this Aquarians.
1: Yeah. I'm really drawn to this Aquarian type energy. I guess it's just something about it that I just, I drive with pretty, pretty hard, <laughs> but I, I, I thought that it. was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I love funny. it.
0: I'm a, I'm like, I said, I'm a sun moon and then I'm a mercury, but my mercury was in retrograde when I was born. Um, yeah. Um, I, and I, like, I love Aquarians too, because I'm always just like, cause I mean, being an Aquarian, it's like, literally we march to the beat of our own drum. Mm-hmm. We think outside the box and, um, yeah, I love Aquarians. And I always say like, you know, yeah, like Aquarians have a lot of very, Um, ET like energy. The first time I ever had my chart read, um, I had it with somebody who does, um, she does like goddess archetype astrology. And she read it. She was like, I'm gonna say this in the most nice way. And she was like, This is a total yeah. compliment. She's like, But you are very extraterrestrial, like galactic in your chart. And she's like, Do you ever feel like you think really, really big and you kind of have to like bring it in for people to understand? Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, because if I said half the stuff that was like the way that it comes in, I want to talk, I'm like, people would be like, She is so fucking weird. She's like, yeah, you're very like ET, like very Mm -hmm. extraterrestrial. And I think the same thing of you, like, as I'm sitting here, like on our call, like I'm looking at your picture. And if I let my gaze soften, it's like your face morphs into a very extraterrestrial look.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, in fact, my, my, you know, when Danielle Harris, a resident, which is doing a session from me and she was, you know, like looking into the field and activating, you know, up to you know, 12th and 13th level. She goes, You're kind of from the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, you're not even, she's like, you know, you're here to do something and you've clearly chosen to incarnate, but you're not even like you know, yeah, you have all these really strong lineages, but she's like, you're basically from the other side. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> I could like, see that.
0: I could see that, yeah. Like,
1: I get it, I get it, I get it. You know, so it's like, and, and it's funny because at first, you know, when I would do light language and in, in some of the live broadcasts that I do and what have you, I was a little concerned about kind of how it would come across. But I've, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? I've kind of chosen to allow this to be like the main focus because for the first like 16, 17 years of my my career, it was mainly tarot reading
2: mm-hmm. and
1: like intuitive tarot reading. So like, like combining the psychic and tarot reading together. Um, and then I kind of added on the life coaching because I wanted to just do more than like answer when they will call kind of questions. But in the last, you know, year and a half, two years, it's very much kind of veered into this sort of ascension guide type work and ascension field work that I was like, you know what, if I'm going to truly commit to this path and I'm going to truly, you know, if I'm going to believe it when I'm studying about it and I'm learning about it, then I can't hide from it when it's, you know, in the public realm. You know, so I kind of just gave up any kind of ego or any kind of worry when it comes to that and just decided to roll with it and just decided to flow with it. And I figured, you know, there might be a lull, you know, there might be people who totally, you know, were were rocking with the work that I did um, previously, but eventually the people who are in alignment with what I'm doing now and who resonate with what I'm doing now, they're going to find me. Yes. you know and isn't it and they're going to you know be drawn to me and they're going to be attracted to what it is that i am speaking and want to know more about it and and i really don't need to worry about those that walk away because they just simply weren't meant to be a part of the experience that i'm offering
0: right yeah i love that and people who are listening to they might be asking like oh like well i want to connect to my galactic my galactic team or like my mm-hmm. starseed family if you worked with a client and that's something that they asked, like what would be some easy ways or what would be some ways that you would suggest that people can start to open up their energy field to actually connect to their starseed families?
1: Well, first things first is that I would just get into a meditative state and ask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, practicing discernment.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: everybody kind of has their own way. So, for example, if I have somebody who comes like directly in front of me, like very close to my face. I see that as a, like, that makes me uncomfortable. Yes. Whereas if they kind of come from slightly from the back to, to, and then move to my side, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I know. And I, and I trust what I feel in my body, whether or not it's, it's a, it's a, it's a frequency or resonance that I I recognize because of the relationship that I've built with them. But I would say the first thing to do is ask because they can't and they won't intercede, Mm
2: -hmm. especially
1: at a personal level. Like we see them doing it on a, on a galactic or I'm sorry, a global level, but on a personal level, they won't come forward unless they're asked. Um, And then just ask questions and begin to journal it out and begin to ask like, what, what did they look like? Did they offer me a gift? What did they feel like? What was the essence that I got from them? Um, you know, that's a really good way of, of getting kind of an idea. There's lots of things that you can Google, of course, using your discernment. That, you know, there's a few good resources, energy synthesis being one of them. But there's a lot of others that, you know, are you a Sirian, you know, starseed? Are you a Pleiadian starseed? That, you know, a lot of, you can find some that are just, you know, bullshit and garbage, yeah. <laughs> but you can normally sense what, you know, when you've come across one of those. But there are a lot of really good ones that give you kind of like traits to look for within your kind of 3D being, whether, you know, certain ways that you look, certain things that you're drawn to, certain talents that you have kind of innately, Um, that's another really great kind of way of, of learning. And then of course, if you want to really get sort of confirmation of what you've learned and you really want to expand those relationships, then you can also find yourself a guide, you know, somebody who can, you know, confirm what it is that you've learned who can activate those, you know, codes within you, those light codes within you. I always suggest it's very important to kind of have somebody help unless you already have experience in doing field work with helping with unplugging from certain paradigms or certain entities that might have plugged into you, kind of removing any outdated or, you know, ancient templates that no longer serve you or that are from previous lives. You know, they're... they're, If you don't have experience in in that realm, then having somebody who is trained in that is, in my opinion, essential.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
1: not always essential in forming a relationship just with your team. I think that that can certainly be done on its own. But for those who want to deepen that practice, who want to begin to work within that, you know, that realm, um, and even maybe become a field worker or a grid worker themselves, you know, then having a guide that trains them how to do that is really important.
0: So, is that something that like you do like calling yourself an ascension guide? Do you work with people and then um, do mm-hmm. you journey into their realms for them and go to different timelines and see where their what grids their energy is plugged into yes. and things like that and then like you know, like a shamanic, like person, like a shamanic practitioner, like as we go in, we might do a soul retrieval. We bring those things Mm -hmm. back. We bring those soul fragments back and we blow them back into the body. And then we discuss our findings and help the, um, the client reintegrate. Is that something like kind of describe what it means to be an Ascension guide, like what you are here to do, what a session might look like, or a relationship as being an Ascension guide to your client might be.
1: So for example, my ascension sessions, whether it's the package or it is the one-off sessions where it's just we do one session and that's it, is that I I literally kind of I open up to the IM, I open up to the you know, the tribal interface, I call for uh, forward my galactic teams, I close our space, obviously secure it. Um, I go into the individual's field I take a look at, you know, is there fall energy, is there any AI implants within them, you know, do they have any Octurian or I'm sorry, Anunnaki or reptilian energy within them and I remove Mm -hmm. it, I take a look, you know, as to whether, you know, versions of themselves and other timelines are connected to them, I call back their energy and bring it back into them as well as remove that implant, heal, seal and clear that area. I work hard to also make sure that you know, it, it, we shift and pivot because we constantly want to keep them moving so that we don't track the attention of anything that we don't want necessarily to attract the attention of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we work on sometimes, you know, removing templates from this life or lifetime or the last, you know, previous lifetimes, or even templates that are from other, you know, timelines. We remove things um, like miasma, residual energy from any, you know anything that we've gone through, any trauma that we've gone through in this lifetime or past lifetimes. um, If we choose to lift and remove them from the grid structure that they are in and put them in a new grid structure, Then we, of course, activate that we will also call in if it is for their highest and best for new timelines to be brought into their experience, which obviously brings forward new opportunities of various sorts um, to kind of bring in a quickening to get them on, you know, the path of their highest course their highest uh, service. and then we kind of just, you know, I usually do what's called the golden flush to make sure if there is anything that I have missed, anything that I have not seen, anything that's been concealed for me, the golden flush just sort of goes into the human as well as into the fifth, you know, dimensions of, of their body, of their cells. To cleanse out and to clear out that energy, um, heal, feel, and clear all of that, and then eventually remove myself from their field. Mm -hmm. If I'm working with somebody long term, we always start with doing that, but then we continue to build a relationship you know, calling in their teams, calling in their lineage. We would, you know, I always ask them which one they wanna work with first, and then we work on building a relationship with them, kind of what their team wants them to work on, um, both, you know, galactically, but also on the 3D level. They also, sometimes I have people who want to learn how to do field work, you know, themselves, Mm -hmm. how to do this, you know, I also do grid work. So I'm very connected to the ley lines and very connected to, you know, the different grid structures that are, you know, here and, and these sort of galactic portals that exist on the physical earth that are these sort of portals for these galactic energies. Um, And so there's some people who want to work with that and we train that. And that's more of like those who have the packages with me who do, you know, either twice, twice a month or, you know, once a week type sessions. But generally speaking, you know, in a single session is really about healing, clearing and sealing. Because we really want to remove anything that has kept them stuck or stagnant. Because a lot of times people find themselves caught in these sort of habitual loops of behavior and they don't realize it's because while modern and Western medicine focuses on maybe emotions or focuses on the body, we really leave the spirit, the energy, the grid, the field work behind.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: there's, you know, there's only so much distance we can walk forward those parts of us that we've addressed through Western medicine before we kind of get snapped right back to those unaddressed parts of ourselves. And so what I see with morphogenic field work is it being really, you know, the, the healing work to do because it really does eradicate, it doesn't just give you momentarily, relie- momentary relief. It really does eradicate a lot of situations that most people have worked for years and years and years to remove from their system, to stop limiting them in some way, shape or form. And they find a really true and indescribable sense of release and relief from these experiences. And it's for the long term. So they're allowed and able and capable and feel it's accessible to live their highest and best life.
0: I love that. And as I was sitting here talking, I'm like, "Mm, I feel like I I want a session with you because this sounds like (laughs) so interesting. And I love, um, I just love discovering more layers of myself. And I always tell people like I've been doing Reiki and shamanism, past life regression, um, intuitive channeling and like, you know. Akashic readings and stuff like this for like over 10 years now. And Mm. I always I love seeking and working with other people that I resonate with because sometimes people outside of you can almost see with more clarity that you can see yourself. Cause I find this with myself. Like I can read and work with people so deeply. And sometimes it's a little hazy and fuzzy when I work with myself because I'm like, "Mm, but is it this or is it that? (laughs) And so I love working Mm. with people such as yourself, because it's like, I want to, I want to hear how you see me through the lens that is flowing through you, like what is coming Mm -hmm. through you. And so I love everything that you said. I think that is so, is so interesting. It's so cool. I love everything that you're doing. I feel like I could talk to you for like, I don't know, three (laughs) plus hours on all this stuff and just... (laughs) Deep diving down the rabbit hole here. I just love it so much. Um,
1: Well, just, you know, keep in mind, like, I would never go to a coach who didn't have their own coach. Right. You know, I would never go to a therapist who didn't have their own therapist. Yep. Yeah. You know, so even in the work that we're doing, I feel like it's essential to have a kind of like our support team that we go to,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: so that we are continuing to work on ourselves. You know, that's why I say like, people are like, you know, I think you you know people in the, the business circles I think you offer too many things on your site and I'm like bitch I've been doing this for 20 years yeah <laughs> like i like if there is a tool I know how to do it yeah you know so it's like and, and I'm never gonna stop doing that
2: uh-huh you know
1: I'm a lifelong learner but yes. you know and the reason why is because if I find myself drawn to something then I know it, it's meant to be a part of of my scope of knowledge and my scope of work and what it is that I offer my clients. But I, I never rely only on my own like self training or self healing. Mm -hmm. I always have like my two to three individuals who I, I trust immensely And that I go to when I need, you know, their perspective and when I need their medicine. And, and, and it has nothing to do with like validating my own, although sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, Mm
2: -hmm. it has
1: everything to do with just making sure that I'm participating in the very medicine that I'm delivering to my clients. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, like if I'm not willing to, to spend my own money on these modalities, why the hell should you? Right, You know, like why, yeah. why should you have any belief that it's a worthwhile investment, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's both from a place of integrity, but it's also from a place of you know, wanting to hold myself accountable to what it is that I'm doing and providing to other people.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love what you said too. And I think too, like with people in our position, it comes down to humility as well, because there will be people who are in this position that think that if they seek or they pay other people who are maybe within the same scope of work that they do, that it is admitting like, Oh, I don't know everything. And they think that right. like, Oh, I have to be the expert, at everything. I don't fucking need anybody. And I don't, I don't play into that. I'm like, no dude. Like, I love what you're fucking doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be part of that. And like, same thing. Like uh, for me, I'm such a, like, I just want to do, I just want to deliver the medicine and the services. I know that Mm -hmm. I need sacred back in business leadership help because that is not my forte. Like that's shit that I don't want to deal with, (laughs) but I need it to help me be the best heart-centered sacred leader that I can. So, I invest in those people that are really in alignment with doing this multidimensional spiritual sacred leadership work, the business side. Okay, I've got these people here. I work with a girl that even though I do, you know, energy work and I do Akashic readings and stuff like that. This is what she does and I still work with her because it always pulls out deeper layers and truth threads from within myself and I, I love it. And so like, that's why I'm like, yeah, like don't always invest only your money in what I'm doing. Like if you find other people that you're like, cool, I resonate with Nicole, but I like this person too. Go where your intuition is leading you. It's not saying that because you work with another person that the other person is less than, it means that maybe a combination of this person here and this person here is going to activate something within yourself that is really important for you to have in this moment. And so, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not just trying to only be like, well, I I know it all. Nicole knows it all. Like, no, I don't fucking know everything. I'm like you, I'm Mm -hmm. an I'm an eternal learner. Like I have a thirst for knowledge and I love learning things. And I love that you say that too. Like, like, well, like no bitch, like I've been doing this for 20 years. I want to do all these things. Like, Cause I feel like that too, because I offer a lot of different things and it's not because I'm trying to like prove anything. These are all things I have been interested in since I was young, like shamanism, yeah. past life regression, and like soul activation and guidance, really getting in there, energy work, energy medicine, and I'm not going to niche it down and be like, oh, this is all I do. I'm only going to specialize in this one thing because that would totally suffocate my soul. And I have a whole other human aspect too, where I'm a fitness instructor. I teach dance fitness. I teach weightlifting, and I fucking love that too. And I'm like, this is all these different things that you see that i'm doing this all falls under the umbrella of me nicole these are all right. flavorings to my soul and i love it and i and so what you do one thing i may do eight things and guess what i'm happy <laughs> you're happy just, let's just fucking own it
1: yeah and let's just let everybody be happy
0: yeah exactly (laughs)
1: you know let's just let everybody do what they want to do how they want to do it and not really care if it's what we want to do you know that's what i think is the beauty of this whole human experience and what was meant to be part of the human experience is that you know we're meant to play we're meant to be curious and we're meant to follow our curiosity and nothing can really wear on that more than when we allow other people to suggest that somehow that is wrong or that that Mm -hmm. is not the way you are supposed to do it. You know, my husband is choosing after, you know, being in the the corporate marketing experience for nearly 20 years to wanting to become a fireman Mm -hmm. and wanting to become a, a first responder. And I, you know, as much as I don't I don't like certain facets of it. I absolutely adore and support his going after it simply from the perspective that it, it's his going after something that means something really important to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should all be so lucky as to have that opportunity and to be given that opportunity that I would never, ever like truly deprive him of it. I'm, you know, I may moan and groan sometimes about how long he's gone or whatever, but I certainly, he knows it just comes from a place of my being a whiny little bitch and not, you know, <laughs> not legitimately wanting him to stop what he's doing.
0: Right. Uh, I, I love that. I have loved this conversation so much. Oh, me
1: too. It has been so much fun. I I totally, like like you, I could go on for hours and hours and hours just riffing about all of these things and talking about all of these things and just, you know, I I think the more people who know about them, the better, but I also just love the opportunity to connect with somebody who, you know, I do share so many similarities with and, and with whom I can speak about these things without, you know, somebody going, wait a second, what?
2: Yes, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I really, I appreciate just that, that camaraderie and that ability to navigate these, these very important subjects and these yet very esoteric subjects with somebody who is just as well-versed as I am and is just as interested in learning more as I am. So it, like, from the deepest, deepest parts of my heart, I I just thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I just... I loved having this um, conversation with you and I'm sure it will continue because I feel like even having you on here, I've gotten to learn so much more about you. It's just like, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh my God, she's like this beautiful galactic goddess guide here. And so I think it's, it's so amazing. And if people want to work with you or follow your work, what are the best ways that they can do that? Um,
1: I would say the best way, obviously, you know, we all have our website, mindsintuitivealchemy.co. That also happens to be my Instagram, which is where I'm kind of most active at intuitivealchemy.co. Um, I, I'm on Facebook, but I couldn't even tell you what the link is. And, yeah, (laughs) you know, aside from, you know, cross posting from, from Tailwind or Trailwind or whatever the hell that app name is called, I don't really go into it too much. Um, so those are the two places that you can find me, but you can also check out my horoscopes on sunsigns.com. I write all the daily love horoscopes. And I, I always do like the full moon horoscopes on horoscope.com. So, you know, I'm pretty much kind of, you know, all over the place. But my website and Instagram is really the best place to, to find me and to kind of get an idea of what I'm all about. And if you want to take a class, I'm on livekickstudios.com. And it's super awesome platform that allows people to you know, meet up in real time, we stream real time. So I see you, you see me. And I do everything from teaching and talking about ascension to teaching about meditation and, you know, getting all you people who say, Oh, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. You know, I get everybody by the end, you know, capable of meditating for, you know, 30 minutes or more. So that's definitely another place that that kind of is your jam that you can find me
0: as well. All right, cool. And I'll make sure too, guys, if you want to follow along with Laura, work with Laura, support her work, I will put the link in the show notes. So for easy access where you guys can find her. And I just want to give another really big thank you to you, Laura, for showing up today and being here. This was a beautiful conversation and I'm just super excited for people to listen to us talk. So thank you again.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so, so much. I can't tell you how incredibly pleasing and just just nourishing this entire experience and taking this time and chatting with you has been, it's been, you know, like I said, I I feel like I know you so much better, you know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like you know when you meet somebody for the first time that you've met and talked to like tons and tons of times online. You're just uh-huh. it's like this surreal experience. So I'm so glad to even through this medium to still have this opportunity to get to know you and your work better. And I definitely can see myself wanting to dip into some of your offerings as yeah. well. But Thank you so much for having me on and, and giving me this this opportunity to just
0: riff on these subjects I'm so passionate about. Absolutely. So thank you so much again. And guys, definitely go follow, check out Laura's work. She posts a lot of really beautiful things. She goes live a lot. She posts different little shamanic guided journeys that she does. And so check out her work. And if you vibe with it, give her her a follow. And I just want to thank all of my listeners today for joining and following along on this beautiful conversation. And make sure if you're tuning in from iTunes, give this some rating, give us some comments. This really helps the podcast and please pass along this beautiful episode to anybody that you think would benefit from this. So thank you for joining us on this beautiful galactic journey through this topic today. And I will connect and talk to you guys later. Much love to you.